Ding dong. Well, let's get it on. Not out of the clear just yet. Several countries now requiring negative NAT tests before you board the plane. The real world and life, it's trying to kill us. Cancers, diseases, and everything. Oh my. Given all this, what's the point of eating, eating healthy and working out? A question. If space is curved, does that mean if we're in China, according in, in terms of the universe, that we're not seeing the New York of the universe? Hmm. And career changes. How often? We'll consider this. Thursday, December 29, 2022. We're nearing the end of the year. I'm Stephen Sersky. Hope you folks are doing well. Staying healthy and warm and well wherever you are. Um, whether you're in a COVID-infested locale or some sunny beach resort wondering whatever what the big deal is what everybody else is doing in a big kerfuffle good question well uh we with the restrictions i've just found out that hong kong has now dropped the vaccination requirements uh which means that you can go to hong kong and you don't have to show proof of vaccination anymore you still have to wear a mask but and the reason why is because it's still influenza season well Hmm, really? Hasn't it been influenza season for three years now? Uh, but this is a good thing. So uh, uh, it means that traveling to Hong Kong is a, is a lot easier than it was uh, yesterday, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but we're not out of the clear because uh, several of the uh, of countries, um, the United States is considering to do it, uh, Japan, South not South Korea, Japan, Australia... India, and is it Malaysia? Some, uh, and I think also Taiwan, uh, are, are starting to, de, uh, they require a negative NAT test, NAT test, before you board the airplane. And so, so I have this one colleague, he's like, oh, shoot, you know, I was planning a trip back to the States. I'm like, oh, no problem. Go through Canada, Toronto, Vancouver. It's this, you know, it's no problem. Uh, it's not the same thing. It's, you know, then you can transit, right? News report comes out, says, yeah, uh, for and for those <laughs> transferring through popular pubs such as Toronto, Vancouver, or Seoul, South Korea, you'll still be required to have a negative NAT test. It's like they knew exactly what was going on. Anyway, so um, whether or not this is uh, a long-term thing, I guess for, for a month it's going to last, uh, which I guess basically puts it at the end of spring festival which is a kind of a good thing it sort of um restricts the amount or the number of people that can just sort of uh, move about freely uh, this is a lot quicker than what happened like there was basically no hesitation on these countries parts behalves uh unlike you know back in 2020 when no one was really sort of sure this time they've cited the fact like listen you're not being transparent you're not publishing numbers you're not tracking them we want negative NAT tests before you even get on that airplane or else you're not coming over here. Can you blame them? I don't think so. Uh, the one strange thing with this Hong Kong sort of opening up is that they are saying like since the, the, the number of vaccinations is so high that herd immunity has sort of, uh, uh, what would you say, taken hold? And I kind of wonder, like, what, 
first of all, wasn't that supposed to be what happened here in the mainland? It didn't. Um, second of all, if it's herd immunity, then why are still so many people getting sick? Like, it's Does that mean Hong Kong was doing it better than the mainland? Uh, th- this sort of begs the question. Uh, the, are there any one places, any one, one city in the mainland that did it well where there are very few illnesses. I mean, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about these uh, surveys that were being done and basically everybody in Beijing was sick. If it, if it wasn't everybody, it was like half of the people. And I think the, the last half of them uh, finally got sick um, over the last you know week and a half or so. Uh, a lot of people I know are feeling better. Um, and I know that's sort of only my, my personal view of what's going on. Uh, but uh, I, it kind of seems like the flu is making its way through. Uh, and I guess before we should sort of, it should be over almost, right? You you would think, you would think. There are fewer people outside. Not as many people are running outside, but it's also gotten colder. And I know that um, a lot of people, myself included, don't like running outside uh, when it's cold. Now, whether or not uh, the gyms are open, I think, yeah, Super Monkey, which is a... Um, chain uh, uh, gym here in Beijing, they are open. Their locations are open now. Um, some of the other ones, uh, I think underground, they're not open yet. I'm not sure. And I'm not sure about swimming pools either. So it might be that people, instead of uh, running for their uh, cardio, they're going to the gym instead, which, you know, there's something to be said about being warm when you're working out. <laughs> I went for a run today, did three miles, um, had a work meeting, and then uh, after that, I was kind of like, well, I got to get up and move around a little bit. I uh, was listening again to this uh, Writing Excuses podcast. I was uh, looking at uh, episode season 15, episode number 11, Digital is Different. And this one's actually a, kind of an interesting episode because they talk about pen names and how... Uh, oh, and then also evaluating ideas. That was the other one that I was uh, listening to. So these two, um, digital is different. Is they talk about pen names and how uh, male authors are more likely to be published uh, because bookstores stock more male authors and they sell more male authors than they do female authors. Um, and the evaluating ideas talks about whether or not you should pursue an idea. And this is actually very good because even I'm finding with my different projects, like how many different ideas can you pursue before you either hit a breaking point or is it just like uh, sparkling new idea, shiny new idea sort of syndrome where um, you're, you're, you you come, you hit a wall in one project and you're like, ah, oh, well, that's it. I'm just going to give up on this and move on to the next is that a good idea or is there something, uh, do you need to push through it sort of thing? Uh, so these were two, this is part of the reason why I went on a run. I was like, well, I could listen to two of these episodes, go for a run, uh, get my exercise in and everything. So I managed to kill two birds with one stone, which was pretty good. Uh, now, all that being said, uh, <laughs> why bother running? Why bother eating your vegetables or eating healthy or not drinking or or whatever. A couple weeks ago, maybe it was already a month or so ago, I remember um, mentioning that there was a, uh, there there seems to be a couple comments that pop up every now and then about drinking and how alcohol will sort of be seen as the, as tobacco is now. Like tobacco, widely known to be not very good for your body at all. Like, especially, now, maybe tobacco in small doses once in a while, 
won't harm you. Same with nicotine, won't harm you overall. But chain smoking, factory produced cigarettes or tobacco products, probably not the best idea. Kind of like how if you are sitting around a, a campfire, great, once in a while. Um, sitting around a campfire or breathing in the, the air of a campfire starting from 6 a.m. until 10 p.m., probably not such a good idea. That might have some ill effects on you. I think that's pretty commonly agreed. Now, with alcohol, hopefully most people don't start at 6, but the idea being that with alcohol, is like it's never just one, right? It's never, it's never even just two drinks. It's always three, four. You know, it's sort of, it has a chance, more of a likelihood to snowball out of, uh, out of, out of control, basically. Now, why do I bring this up? What, 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 what has put this on my mind? Well, as you know, I'm trying, I'm still trying to finish this book by Bill Bryson called The Body, and the last two or three chapters are basically about how we die, and and not like how we get old and die although he mentions that it's like how how the the body basically kills us how how so many things in the world are trying to kill us and it, it does not make backpacking any does not make back, backpacking like seem like something that you you should go do um this one he talks about uh neglected tropical diseases are beyond horrible guinea worms grow up to a meter long uh inside their victims uh, and then they burrow outside of the skin. It's kind of gross. The only treatment, uh, treatment even now, as he says, is to uh, speed the process of exit by winding the worms onto a stick as they emerge. Can you imagine that? Back through, backpack through Southeast Asia, got worms, got guinea worms, and uh, that's disgusting. You mean... How much broccoli do you have to eat to antioxidize that stuff? Um, these uh, then there's another one. Oh, this guy. The, the the people who do experiments are kind of bizarre. Theodore Bilharz, um, German parasitologist. Theodore Bilharz, in 1825 to 19 uh, to 1862, studied uh, tropical um, diseases. He uh, bandaged the pupae, the the little baby of Circe worms to his stomach and took notes over the following days as they burrowed through his skin to invade his liver. He survived, but died soon after, age 37, not a good no, while trying to stop a typhus epidemic in Cairo. Okay. Uh, and then also there was this guy, uh, he goes on, this is page 330 of um, this book, Howard Taylor Ricketts dies of um, typhus because he, as he was trying to uh, uh, stop it in Mexico. Jesse uh, Lazar, Lazar, Lazier uh, from Johns Hopkins Medical School went to Cuba in 1900, tried to prove that yellow fever was spread by mosquitoes and caught it himself and died. Uh, Stanislaus von Provazic uh, of Bohemia traveled the world studying infectious diseases um, and he found the agent behind trachoma and then died of typhus. All right. well, well, oh, uh, while working on an outbreak at a German prison. Okay, that doesn't... If you're... It sounds very unsafe. <laughs> uh, maybe being an English teacher isn't such a bad idea anymore. Uh, but they did travel the world. They went around. It, uh, it, I guess... How else would you have researched these things? Uh, it's 
one of the things that he talks about in this the diseases chapter is actually how um, these the most effective viruses are the ones that are able to mutate and change uh, their their dependencies, right? Uh, so they always need a host, but if they can jump to animals, they tend to survive. If they can mutate amongst humans, they can survive. But things like Ebola, um, it, it has such a fearful uh, stigma to it that when people catch wind of the idea that Ebola could be in the community, they flee. So they just take off. And as a result, it helps isolate the virus a little bit. Uh, and, uh, and a virus like uh, Ebola has to be spread through uh, bodily fluids. Um, so it's it's not an aerosol. Like it's not uh, born through the air, I don't believe. Uh, don't take my word for this. Uh, you do your own research if you're going to go to parts of Africa where it keeps on popping up. Um, but it, t- it tends to extinguish, like run its course very quickly uh, and then die out again because people basically flee the area. One thing he talks about actually is... Uh, the flu, how the flu is actually probably the worst disease out there because, like the common cold, influenza, uh, because it mutates. Every year it changes. And I didn't know this, but uh, the World Health Organization, I'm not sure if this is still true, but he, this book was published 2018, 2019, before the pandemic. Uh, and he talks about how the WHO and the world governments and all that, um, and the, the I guess the World Health Organization bodies, they see what they they study what's happening in east asia uh in spring like february march like how that flu has gone and then over that time they start developing vaccines for the next year's influenza so it takes them about nine months to do this in this book and keep in mind one of the big problems with this covid outbreak that happened this uh, over the last couple years is that it was a fear of like whether or not there were enough vaccinations. You hear everyone criticizing the government for not being ready. Um, and in this book, published before COVID, he, he basically says, yeah, we, or no, not we people, the government organizations and the health bodies cannot produce vaccines quick enough that will be effective to fight these viruses. It just won't happen. Basically, the only reason why we humans are still around is we've been extremely lucky. That's it. Like, wow. Okay, so that's it. This, um, oh, I also didn't know this. Uh, smallpox. <laughs> oh, wow. Snap. Not a very good um, uh, virus to get at all. Disease to get. Not at all. Kills you pretty quickly. Um, there's two batches of this left. One in, is it Atlanta, USA? And then there's another one in, is it Novosibirsk in Russia? Some part of Russia. Both sides have said, yeah, we're going to destroy it. Neither side has done it because they're both like, well, we don't know if the other side's going to do it. (laughs) Um, Not only that, he mentions this time uh, when someone found small vials of the smallpox virus in some storage cabinet. And you're going, you know, for all the uh, talk about how they're tracking us and they're, you know, the all-seeing powers and eyes of, uh, you know, the big corporations and everything. It's mistakes like these, things like this, where you kind of go, I trust human error enough that any perceived infallibility of someone or something is incorrect. Basically saying that I don't think they know everything. 
I think they may, there are holes in the program anyway, and that uh, I think life will continue on probably more or, lot, more or less the same going forward. This last chapter, he talks about cancer, uh, and he t- describes this one operation on this lady who had, uh, I guess it was a breast cancer, and they had to remove it like to, in order to live. Um, and I get... I guess I didn't realize that cancer was one of these foul-smelling foul diseases. If you let cancer fester, like if it goes untreated, it basically opens up abscesses into your skin and they smell horribly. And basically, uh, if the family doesn't run away, um, you are kind of put off by visiting people. Uh, people won't come to visit you, basically, uh, and, and you will be isolated involuntarily sort of thing because you'll you'll just stink apparently cancer does this i didn't know this Uh, chemotherapy radiation and all this these are like done within the last 60 years that they've been developed uh but uh, he describes this this surgery of one of these cancers where they had to scrape it down to the bone and you're just going without any anesthetic you're going oh man how are we still alive like it just doesn't encourage you very much like Will broccoli save you? And as a man, prostate cancer, apparently this is like one of the big things that uh, kills a lot of guys and a lot of people have, a lot of men have anyway, uh, getting older, if something else doesn't kill them first. Uh, so like, And he talks about these statistics of how uh, as you grow older, it just become the chances of you uh, developing cancer are astronomical. Uh, it Maybe when you're in your 20s, it's like one in 100,000. In your 40s, it's like 1 in 20,000. In your 70s, it's like 1 in 1,000. You're going, wow, really? I don't know if those numbers are exactly accurate, but that's basically what it is. All this leads me to think, it's like, well, what's the point of eating healthy? And like all this running and stuff like this. I, I guess like there's a few YouTube guys out there who uh, um, talk about things like this. Like, why? What's the point? What's the point of uh, trying to live healthy, not enjoying the pumpkin pie, which I had today, not enjoying the beers, uh, you know, not smoking or dropping acid or whatever? Like, why wouldn't we indulge in any of these really crazy things? Not that do people indulge in dropping acid? Good question. I don't know. I have no clue. Um, But things like this where you sort of or eat like a bag of M&Ms. Okay, that one I could associate more with dro- than dropping acid, to tell you the truth. Like, of all these things, why would you not do them if life will kill you some other way? It's, maybe, maybe I should stop reading this book, and maybe this book had something to do with my my uh, little bit of Christmas blues over the last two weeks. So I'm like, life is so fragile, and you couple this with the idea um, I, I mentioned at the beginning here. If space is curved and we're sitting in China, it means that we can't see the New York of the universe, which means the universe is that big. And how depressing is it that none of us will be able to see it, right? I mean, oh, maybe I should stop reading these books and just go to fiction. <laughs> like, don't read nonfiction anymore, Stephen. It's putting ideas into your head that... Uh, like, are unsolvable, basically. 
so I did go for a run anyway, 30 minutes. I figured it was better than not. Uh, not only that, I saw another David Goggins clip. He's like, there's no day off. You, you just go. There's, he's like, it's seven miles for breakfast, seven miles for dinner. So it was some crazy workout schedule that the guy has. So overall, I, as you can probably tell, I am feeling a lot better. Um, I, I actually feel like I got my mojo a little back a little bit, you know? So it's like I, I did today's run wasn't just like, me drag. I wasn't. I didn't drag my heels out. I, it was like I wanted to get going and uh, go for a run anyway because I had the energy to do it. Likewise with tomorrow, um, I'm not sure if do I need to continue with these two a days workouts. This is something that I've been thinking about. It has more more to do with a timing issue, um, and you know, despite all the health benefits, I mean, how much working out do I need to do uh, in order to you know, beat off some of these or, uh, you know, um, keep at bay some of these diseases, these horrid diseases. I mean, keep in mind, like, if you get bit by a tick, some of that stuff can kill you pretty quickly as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, eating healthy, going for runs, uh, lifting weights, I guess it's all just part and parcel of um, making sure you're able to move as well. I find that that's very, um, very helpful is that, the day-to-day pains, actually, they're not so bad. You stretch, you do your mobility, you go for your run, so you're not gaining too much weight. Your paunch isn't preventing you from bending over. And if you're stretching, that means your hamstrings are nice and loose, which isn't pulling on your back, which means you can sit for a while, which means you can bend down and pick up a pen or something like that, things like that. So things don't require as much effort as if... If you didn't do these things, it would require a lot more effort and would be a lot more of a pain in the ass to do. So I guess I've answered my own question of uh, that's why I work out, to stay relatively pain-free. All right, I didn't talk about career changes, but this is something I want to talk about. Um, I will address this. Hopefully, hopefully I'll remember to do this tomorrow, and then I can talk a little bit more about it. Uh, December drumming uh, continues as well. Had the tracks. I made another one, tra- another track today. Uh, I was also working on episode number thirty-six of my podcast, so I want to get that done as well. Not going to happen tonight. Hopefully tomorrow. If not, then hopefully by Saturday as well. Okay, folks, I'm going to leave it there. Uh, show notes, tracks, and vids up on my website, stevensersky.com. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, stay well out there. Get your runs in. Eat your broccoli. Stay healthy. And if you're not vaccinated, don't worry about it. Um, I don't know, you're not going to need it anyway, or will you? Uh, COVID 2023, here we go. Oh, let's hope so. No, 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 no. Hopefully we can travel freely in 2023. Have a good one, folks. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.